Safer Chemicals Podcast. Sound science on harmful chemicals. After the summer break, the Biocidal Products Committee is back in business discussing the latest active substance and union authorization cases, among other topics. The September committee meeting ended yesterday, and we are here to go through the highlights and explain what they mean. My guest today is Joost van Halen, the new chair of the committee, who has just led his first meeting. Welcome, Joost, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. So in addition to the September meeting highlights, the normal stuff, we'll also take some time to get to know you, Joost, a little bit and to also hear a little bit about your vision for the for the committee in the future. My name is Päivi Jokiniemi and this is the Safer Chemicals podcast. So as already said, welcome Joost. Great to have you here with us today. So even with the risk of sounding a bit like a sports journalist, I'll have to start by asking, how do you feel after chairing your first BBC meeting? Uh, was it as you expected or um, were there some surprises that you didn't expect? Yes, obviously very excited to have the first meeting uh, behind us. And uh, yeah, also a little bit tired, I must admit. Uh, Three-day meeting uh, was quite intense. and uh, But yeah, that was always uh, bound to happen, of course. I mean, it's rather... Uh, It's, it's it's rather intense meeting, and uh, especially for the first time when there's still of uh, yeah special tension, I would say. Um, at the same time, um, the meeting organization uh, has been uh, has been superb. I can only thank my very capable colleagues uh, that supported me uh, in the preparation of the meeting and during the meeting itself. Uh, so yeah, that organization is is firmly there, and I can. Also thank my my predecessor Erik van der Plassen, and I know for sure that that Erik is listening to this podcast. So Erik, thank you so much for all the work that you've done, and um, yeah, I think uh, he and the other listeners may also be interested in in the results. I mean, we had uh, seven opinions that were up for uh, adoption, and indeed we managed to adopt all seven of them. So apart from that, it was the first meeting. It was also quite a successful meeting. So. Sounds like you had a good start then. For sure. Then I think that we can uh, continue from the meeting and what happened there. And then we'll hear a little bit more about you later in this episode. So let's go through some of the topics that you covered in this meeting. Um, if we start with the work program and union authorizations, you introduced an overview of the union authorization process to the meeting, um, covering, among other things, minor changes. Um In our last Biosize episode in June, we heard that the committee had agreed on the process for minor changes and is expecting an increase in the workload due to these applications in the future. I was thinking, could you first briefly remind us what the minor change pro process is used for and what are the challenges that you are expecting? Yes, indeed. Um, minor changes, uh, they, they arise from actually authorized uh, union authorizations. At the moment that uh, such a product or product's family has been authorized, quite often companies would like to make amendments to its authorization due to uh, developments in the market, for instance, but also due to their uh, uh, manufacturing uh, changes and that, that type of uh, 
things. Um, so that's why the several changes are possible. One of them is the minor change. Minor change is actually, it usually is uh, small changes in the composition, but also in the packaging, uh, shelf life, use instructions. Um, so yeah, those changes are then being uh, requested by the applicant or by the, the authorization holder actually at that point. And um, the, the, the assessment of, that, uh, of those applications is being done here in-house in, at ECA. And uh, we uh, prepare an opinion on that. And then it is being asked to the member states to comment what we have done. And eventually, hopefully, to agree on what we have done. And uh, once we have finalized this opinion, uh, we will uh, send it to commission for decision taking. Um, so for both ECA and for the member state, this means a lot of extra work. And of course, with the increase in the number of union authorizations that have been granted, uh, we will see an ever higher number of these minor changes coming uh, towards us. So yeah, that was a bit uh, what, what we have been uh, working on. And that's also what we, uh, we reported on to the, uh, to the BPC. And was there something else you discussed um, discussed in this meeting related to the minor changes? Yes, for sure. Um, in first instance, we gave an overview of uh, of the the, the 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 cases that are currently ongoing, and uh, we also uh, reported on an ongoing uh, consultation for six minor changes. I am happy to report that yesterday that consultation ended, and uh, the comments were very favorable so we can finalize the opinions and, and put them up for voting by the member states so yeah the process it's it's quite a time-consuming process we we only have 90 days but many steps that need to be followed in that 90 days uh, but it seems to work so we're really happy about that Good. Um, then, as usual, you went through some uh, active substance applications. Um, anything that you would like to highlight here? Yeah, I think um, maybe the less positive. Uh, it's about the non-renewal of, of uh, sulfuryl fluoride for PT8 and PT18. So that's uh, wood preservation and uh, insecticide. And uh, there were data gaps uh, identified. Um, that caused uh, the conclusion of the BPC uh, that a non-renewal would be proposed in, in the uh, opinion. More positive side to it was that uh, it's a uh, active substance that's also up for renewal for plant protection products. And uh, of course, we would like to align uh, the, um, the different assessments. So the colleagues from EFSA were also present during this discussion and with the identified data gaps, uh, perhaps uh, the applicant can uh, have a better result uh, in, the, in the plant protection products uh, assessment. If we simplify it, there was some information missing that you would have needed to be able to conclude. Exactly, and we hope that they can uh, uh, provide that for the plant protection products uh, regulation. Then over to, to union authorizations. Um, so what would you like to tell about them? Well, we had uh, four union authorizations, actually, and three of them were uh, disinfectants uh, based on hydrogen peroxide and, and lactic acid. And there was one uh, preservative 
and that was uh, based on CMIT and MIT. Um, all four have been, uh, uh, the, the opinion has been adopted. Uh, the discussions were, well, at some point, were, were quite, went quite deep. Uh, but in the end, uh, the members uh, managed to, to find ways forward on almost all issues. And that caused that we, uh, we could adopt all our pains. So we are very happy with that result. And you're recommending authorization for all of them? Yes, indeed. Good. Um, I guess those were the kind of main highlights from the meeting, from, from the content. So I guess now it's time that we focus on you, Joost. So after your academic career and postdoc studies, uh, you have been mostly working in the field of biocides. How do you see that your career has so far prepared you for the role of the BPC chair? Yes, indeed. Uh, I've almost been only working on biocides. I had a short period that I also worked on plant protection products, but for the rest it was all biocides and, and mainly biocidal products, actually. So that's a bit my main passion, I would say. Uh, the nice thing about, about working on biocides is that it's, it's really very, uh, it's not abstract. You really are working on products that you can you can imagine that they are being used and sometimes you even are using them yourself. You can buy them in the supermarket. I mean, it's it's uh, hand disinfection products, it's, uh, it's insecticides, that type of products. Uh, so that's, it's a really nice subject to work on. And um, I, I started working on them about 13 years ago when I joined the, the Dutch Competent Authority. And um, yeah, first off, I, I was a dosha manager there and talked to many companies on, on their uh, future applications. Uh, there was a national uh, authori authorization scheme in place there, and uh, we had to explain a lot of the requirements. And yeah, so I, I spoke to several hundreds of companies uh, during those years, which gave me a really nice insight in what companies actually need and, and how they see uh, the, the, the whole process. So that was very, uh, very useful uh, in, in the rest of my career. Um, during my, my time at, at, at uh, the Dutch Competent Authority, I also uh, represented uh, the Netherlands during the coordination group meetings in Brussels and eventually became the chair of uh, that meeting. I was the chair for two years. And it was also yeah, good preparation, I would say, for being a chair of the BPC in hindsight. Uh, but it was still, um, that's quite a few years ago. Um, after uh, being chair of the coordination group, I uh, was a second national expert for a year and a half here at ECHA, already getting a bit of a flavor of, of this organization and, and liking a lot what I was seeing here. And um, when, when I returned to, to the Dutch CA, I noticed that I had been working there for nine and a half years and that maybe I was actually looking forward to a new challenge. And luckily there was a post available here at ECHA and yeah, I guess they liked me as much as I liked being at ECHA and they hired me and I was a process coordinator here first for the union authorizations, then team leader of the biocide products uh, team and yeah, it almost feels like a natural progression now, right? Uh, becoming the BPC chair. Uh, 
but yeah, it it comes with with its own challenges. And and now having had the first BPC meeting, I I have a very clear view of of the, all the challenges that that come with this job. But uh, yeah, completely ready for all the challenges that that, that may be facing me. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, doing this for a very long time. I'd like to ask now that you mentioned challenges. So I'd like to uh, like to ask that: what would be your favorite challenge of those that you now notice that you want to solve first? I think um, uh, if if you look at at the challenges that that the BPC is currently facing and, and has been facing for for years, there there are big delays in the in the review program. And uh, of course, we, we we have already started working on that with the Active Substance Action Plan, with all kinds of measures to to support the member states in in taking the uh, in in finalizing their assessments. Um, I think that, that that's a big challenge, and and definitely happy to 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 help uh, the member states in in solving their issues, identifying their issues, and and trying to to help them solve them. So that that is definitely one of the challenges I'm looking forward to. Uh, but also, of course, the the uh, coping with the union authorizations. We see uh, a, a large number of union authorizations uh, coming. There's currently over 120 I believe that that are waiting for the assessment to be finalized um, also very much looking forward in, in supporting member states in finalizing all those assessments uh, we've already uh, started to 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 uh, support them uh, via early working group discussions I would like to also let the BPC become more of a platform in which pre-discussions can can take place um, so there, there are different uh, different things that that we are trying to do to 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 face these challenges and i think getting these these processes uh to run maybe a bit more a bit faster hopefully uh, is one of the challenges that i would love to uh, pick up nice concrete examples there um i was thinking that um you said that you have been working also at ECA before you became the chair. Um, have you been also involved in the in the BBC work before then taking this role? Yes, for sure. Because next to my my uh, roles as as process coordinator and and, and team leader, I've always. Uh, always also been a dossier manager and the dossier managers are heavily involved in in the preparation and and the running of the meeting uh, so i've always been uh, sitting next to to eric when when the, the dossiers were uh, handled that i was a dossier manager of and so it, it gave me a little bit of of of, of an insight what what eric was doing mm. um but I must say, um, not a full insight, and that's what I notice right now. Uh, so yeah, learning on the job uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, some it, it gave me some preparation mm. of what I was going to to be expecting. Good, but still some difference. So it's not really the same thing sitting there in the committee than leading it. Uh, for sure, I, I can fully acknowledge that that sitting in in the meeting is it can be sometimes quite relaxing. But if you're the chair, there's no time for re- relaxation at mm. all. Um, then I was thinking we already you already mentioned these challenges and kind of those areas that you want to focus on in the future I was thinking that now that the Biosal Products Committee has been um, running and uh, delivering opinions um, for more than 10 years how do you see the next 10 years of the committee do you have a vision there Yes, for sure. And like I already indicated, I mean, I, I definitely want to work on, on the review program, getting that uh, 
towards its finalization and 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 speeding up maybe the processes for for the union authorization i think that's necessary and i i think uh, maybe we we have to develop further our processes to to make it run more efficiently because at the moment it we actually would succeed in speeding everything up it would result in more opinions that we would be coming to the bpc and therefore you would need to rethink what you're doing rethink your procedures and uh, that's what uh, definitely going to be working on and um, i already announced it at the bpc i'm going to be talking to uh, the members because i would like to know what they need because in the end uh, we are there to support the member states but then first we need to know what kind of support they really, really need. And that's what I'm uh, going to be after. And uh, that's uh, the way uh, also going to, to define in which way we, we want to further develop uh, the BPC. I think that's a very nice place to end this episode with. Uh, sounds like um, there are very solid plans for the future. And I'm looking forward to the next time that we meet and we can talk again what has been happening in the committee meetings. So at this point, I'd like to thank you, Joost, for uh, joining me today. Thank you also all of you listening. Uh, but still, before you go, I'd like to remind you about our feedback form that you can find in the episode description. Please fill it in if you want to let us know what's working well or if you have anything to suggest us how to improve the podcasts in the future. And if you want to listen to more episodes of the Safer Chemicals podcast, check them on our website at eka.europa.eu forward slash podcasts. Safer Chemicals podcast. Sound science on harmful chemicals.